Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, the city of Chicago's official submission to the Academy, Ooh. it's Arturo Zurita. We have to keep that Academy 4-3 ratio. When Zach and I record, I see him in the little... I, technically, it's like it's him and it's I, so instead of a side thing, I think when we get closer to the, to the Snyder Cut, we're going to have to do that 1-3-3-1 little <laughs> ratio thing going on. Yeah, cropping the corners a little cropping bit. Cropping the corners over here on the podcast. I mean, technically, YouTube's getting ready to roll out those things where it's just going to be short videos, so... Hey, who knows? Intercut coming to you vertically soon. <laughs> Too bad we can't be on Quibi anymore. But Yo, Quibi got picked up by Roku. You never know. It right, never right. ends. Nothing ever <laughs> dies, Zach. Nothing ever dies. Yeah, we'll be coming to you soon from Roku TV. But in a little <laughs> bit, we are going to talk about the best documentary films, best foreign films of 2020, as well as narrative-based video games and Emil Mosseri. Oh. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at IntercutPod. That's at IntercutPod. That's short for podcast. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It makes me happier than when a movie trailer features a creepy remix of a popular mid-90s pop song. Those are great. Shout out to Major Frank 10 who left us a five-star hey. review and wrote, nice. Ooh. Not a man of many words, but still a review to that we point. really, really appreciate. Yeah, you don't have to say a lot to help us out. So thank you for leaving that review. Art, let's get into it. Uh, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, the major motion picture awards of the world, if, if that's what you want to go with. I don't know. Uh, the one that at least gets the most attention released their shortlists for what will be considered in many categories. They released their short uh, shortlists for visual effects, for best original song, for best original score, speaking of Emil Mosseri. Uh, but most notably to us, they released the shortlist for best documentary feature, best animated feature, best foreign film, or best international feature, I should mm -hmm. say. And that gives us a chance to hone in on what the Academy might pick in many of these categories, categories that often have really interesting movies. Just last year, uh, it was Parasite that not only won international feature, but for best the first picture time, as yeah. well. I don't think that's going to happen this year, but there's still plenty of interesting movies to talk about. Uh, I want to get us started with the best documentary category. We spent a lot of 2020 talking about oh. different documentaries that we liked. It was a great year for documentary, as it feels like every year is becoming increasingly just like the proliferation and uh, just great quantity and uh, breadth of documentaries out there has been awesome to see. So... Ultimately, the Oscars selected 15 movies into their shortlist. Those 15 movies are All In, The Fight for Democracy, Boys State, Collective, Crip Camp, Good. Dick Johnson is Dead, Fantastic. Gunda, MLK, FBI, The mm. Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, Noturno, mm. The Painter and the Thief, okay. 76 Days, Time, The Truffle Hunters, and Welcome Ooh. to Chechnya. It's a really great selection of movies Solid. there. 
But there are movies that will slip through the cracks. I wanted to know if there were any documentaries that you loved from 2020 that got left off of the Academy shortlist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so first off, last year, I think the record was 150-something movies that were submitted for, for this category in particular. And, like, that mm. was the record. Um, this year, it was over 200. Like, I, And wow. I think it's, like, also 250 as well. So there was a record number of... Uh, docs that were added i know i have some here on the list that didn't make the short list i think they may have still been submissions some weren't even mm -hmm. submitted at all but uh some of the ones that i that i know didn't make it uh finding ying ying was one that i very much i don't even want to say the word enjoyed but really impacted me and yeah. uh, has stuck with me for a while that is one of the ones that would have ended up in my top five if we don't include um what would be series and um i guess my runner-ups as well would be that because of a rule that happened not too long ago after oj made an america we disqualified things such as city so real series like i guess the last dance technically would have counted uh because that would have also been an espn film but obviously right. after sundance released the uh, oj doc and it won the oscar they quickly changed the rules right away which is fine feels good man is another one that i think would have been right. a fantastic one to go to the short list because we were discussing the other day that's going to be a doc in this new I don't want to call it the meme world, but in this economy of images and how we share them and who has the rights to them and what they can become, this is that documentary, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we this is one of the ones that made have not even made the shortlist, but we'll be talking about for a very long time to come. Uh, I think it'll totally. be like a cult classic. Yeah, one of the few movies out there that really feels like it has an understanding of how Ooh. the internet works and is able to communicate that mm -hmm. in, in an in a intelligible way. Uh, yeah, it to totally a movie that speaks to the moment in a different way than I think the term speaks to the moment is normally used. Honestly, because I don't think people realize how important this movie is going to be until more instances like that continue to happen. And yeah. they continue to happen. A Casa My Home, a movie that I wish would have gotten a little bit more recognition yeah. because I love the cinematography from that one. Uh, won some awards for that as well. Coded Bias, another Sundance pick that... Totally. Well, that one definitely speaks to the moment. If, if anything, <laughs> they are declaring, someone stop this. Very good breakdown. I believe that's still getting some virtual releases here and there if it's not already out, but I would highly recommend people checking that out. And then, of course, there's a little double feature here. And I'll let you take it away between The Dissident and Assassins. I know Assassins is one that's on your list, but hey, I don't yeah. think the Academy was going to risk those two getting a nom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wonder why those movies haven't necessarily had the impact on everybody else that they did on us. I wonder uh, too, Assassins, like yeah, a crazy story, really well told. Uh, just talking about, if we're talking about stories that depict uh, a real-life situation happening, I think Assassins is, is remarkable and mm -hmm. uh, gripping. So that was one of my favorite documentaries from the last year that didn't make it to the shortlist. Mayor is another one that I want to spotlight. Uh, the the story of a, the, the Palestinian mayor of uh, of Ramallah, I believe the city was, mm -hmm. uh, just in a year or I guess a couple years now where we've been getting all these really interesting looks at bureaucracy. We talked a lot about City So Real. We've talked about City, city Hall. Hall. Mayor does the same kind of thing, but rather than from an American perspective, you have it set in this country that is at the whim of so many other powers. It's fascinating the the way in which it government bureaucracy amidst this uh, chaotic situation at times 
it still has to turn forward. And I think the documentary does a great job of highlighting that. And also uh, not five hours. It's not five hours. Yes, yeah, 90 minutes. Exactly. And it's out on VOD as well. But yeah, I, I recommend yeah, that one. Does it in a much more contained package. Uh, and then another one that I wanted to spotlight, although I don't know if it technically counts. I'm not sure if it got an American release or if it was submitted. But the Monopoly, Monopoly of Violence was one that I saw back at New York Film Festival. Bro. And, and to me, that's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen on police brutality. It takes it from the French perspective. And, and you know, being an American, it's always interesting to see the ways in which your culture or, or your country's issues are reflected in another part of the world and it, there's some obviously really eerie resemblances too but I, I really love the way that I think the director is David Dufresne who he puts this together by rather than having talking heads where you sit and you listen this to a person the one you talk to yeah I he has it was two people okay. in a room yeah two people in a room together where they're kind of like arguing with each other as the talking heads and it creates just such a more visceral experience of the movie I'm I'm sad that more people haven't caught this one. It Bro. was really a standout. All right, for me I got a little year. story for you. One, how does it not count if it's from New York Festival and we're counting stuff like the American Sector and what's that other one that got the unnecessary sequel? You know what I'm talking about? The one that was against like big corporations. They the first one was about Enron and stuff, and then they made like the unnecessary follow up, the inconvenient <laughs> follow up. Um, someone don't know which one we're talking about. Yeah. Documentary that one was a submission. So it's I'm curious why that one didn't get submitted. Two. I've, I thought you were talking about MLK FBI when you had said that. So I'm watching all of it, which I, great, Doc. I'm glad I made the yeah. short list. And I'm like, I don't know, Zach. This is pretty standard talking heads. That makes yeah. so much more sense. So third, yep. do not confuse this movie with a version that's out on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime has a version of this. I don't want to say a version of this movie. They have a movie that has Same a title, title or something. Very, very close title. Even eerily similar poster. No. <laughs> It's a lie. They got me. I really thought it was it, it was going to be that movie. Damn. No, they are completely different movies. So I am, I'm still waiting on this one. I, I I want this one to come out. I have I have yeah. not gotten the chance to see that. My feeling is whenever you get around to it that you'll want to talk about it. So we'll bring up the Monopoly oh of Violence gosh. again at some point. But I think we should talk a little bit about what actually got onto the shortlist because mm -hmm. this is a really excellent slate of documentaries. I got to say, like, just about every documentary that I, I thought was really exceptional last year gets highlighted here. You know, uh, the, even... In trying to catch up with some of these, uh, I guess a little bit of a spoiler for some of my feelings on it, but like I caught up with The Octopus Teacher a couple days ago mm -hmm. because that one's on available Netflix. on Netflix. I It was one of the uh, last ones I had to watch. And, you know, I, I was really moved by it. I thought it was a very lovely story, uh, a very heart uh, heartfelt assembly of the way that men and nature can, can come to a... Uh, a co-habitual situation and and just it speaks to uh nature in such a beautiful way at the end of it i'm thinking wow what a beautiful piece of documentary i wonder whether where it ranks on my list and i think i have it 13th out of these 15 movies so that's not i think bad. that's not bad it, yeah that there's a lot of a lot of really good stuff here so i wanted to talk to you about what we should ultimately put in the top five if we were the dosk uh, if we were the oscars documentary feature committee what would be our selections to be nominated for an oscar so before we start that Ooh. i wanted to ask you <laughs> i was about to go in with my five i was about to go in with my five <laughs> boom 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 <laughs> before we get there i wanted to ask you 
are are you going with personal favorites or are you trying to think about this about like the art of documentary filmmaking, the films that move the medium forward in the best way? Well, Zach, considering I still have 15 more documentaries I want to give a shout out to in this mention that we have not even talked about yet. I've been in my doc bag game for a bit. You know this. I, yeah, I have yeah. I have been very big on them. I, I tried picking a selection of five that I think the Academy would go for. And then some personal bias picks. I'm not. Do you want me to mm-hmm. give you the five and then we go from what we think is going to get picked or how do we want to take this? Do you want to eliminate some first or no? That's a great way. All right, let's go from that. Let's start from the top then. Okay, so here here are my some of my bottom ones that I think I'm going to just eliminate off the bat. Okay. Uh, not again, not because they're bad documentaries, but ultimately you got to choose the best ones here. Um ha- I'm happy to go with the, my Octopus Teacher, which I just mentioned, uh, a really lovely movie, mm-hmm. but slight in comparison to some of these others. Now, I know Gunda uh, hasn't stopped you from not eating bacon. Please tell me that the next time we hang out we're not ordering octopus or squid ever again, Zach. I had calamari last night, so oh I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't I know how y'all that. do that. A little suction cups come down. All right, um, that that one's fair. It's a good doc. Definitely check that out, and definitely put uh, playing with sharks on your radar. Not um, a, a fish most people may be eating, but kind of has that similar vibe in where you have Absolutely. a person who really shows you the bond between an animal you wouldn't really think. Yeah. A person with a unique ability to communicate with yes, the ocean and ocean creatures. Mm-hmm. The Mole Agent is another one that we've talked about a lot. On I don't know, Zach. This is one um, I don't have in my top five getting nominated. But mm-hmm. the fact that this is a, I think it got uh, multiple spots within the shortlist, you know? That's something that we should talk about. Because last year, Honeyland became the first film to be nominated both as a foreign, uh, international feature and as a documentary feature. Should have gotten cinematography too, but... Now, uniquely this year, there are two movies that are nominated in, or are at least on both short lists. Mole Agent is one of them. We'll get to Collective the other in a little bit. Is that a sign that the Academy really loves this movie and is probably going to nominate it? I don't, yeah. Maybe. I don't want to put it in my top five yet, but I can't cancel that one out immediately. But it is a fantastic documentary from Chile. We've talked about how it's over on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still doing virtual runs. You may be able to catch it for free from like IDA with a nice little uh, behind the scenes. Um, but we were talking about how PBS even had it. And that's been one of mm-hmm. my favorite things when it comes to documentaries about getting the word out and being able to catch it for free. That one's a really good one that that's it starts off funny at first and as you're seeing them kind of infiltrate this nursing home for elderly people which then just becomes uh, not even heartbreaking just like mm-hmm. just so heartfelt and uh, I can't get rid of this one just yet. I feel okay. like this one might okay. might come in. All right. Naturno. Get that which... out of here, bro. No, look. I don't want to go into the foreign yet, but I don't understand how Italy submitted this and not Martin Eden. Not for right. me. Uh, or uh, or the Sophia Loren one, the Life Ahead, which potentially could have gotten non- gotten nominated too. They gave the the doc. They gave the doc short, which I guess is a. Can we bring that up really quick, or do we want to do one? that a little bit afterwards? Uh, what would Sophia Loren do? Got nominated for doc short, right? So. I don't know. I guess whatever committee is behind Italy's decision just isn't that much of a fan know. of Netflix yeah. movies. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, we'll get to the dog short subjects later. But for me, no to Noturno. That one I'd be upset to see if it if it's somehow yeah. snakes them. I don't know. I think there's a lot that's admirable about Noturno. It is sure Nothing beautifully is filmed, but it's a little bit uh, it, because of its assembly as kind of a mood piece, as kind of a a. Uh, 
abstract glimpse at the Middle East. I, I think it just feels a, a little bit uh, lesser than some of the ones that it's stacked up against here. Would you so even I'm put happy it, to get rid of would that Would you one. even put it above Octopus? No, I mean, this is there 15 out of 15. For All me. right. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, me too, but go. I have a feeling that you're going to f- push back on this one. And it's not because I didn't like this documentary, but it's more because I think it's not that groundbreaking in terms of what it's doing as a documentary film. Uh, and that's all in the fight for democracy. No, that one's leaving. That's okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I will say I would have loved to see more love going to the John Lewis Good Trouble doc. That was a documentary that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. We had covered that one on LME streams when I was doing it early on. And the man, the legend, passed away literally a couple days after that. I was like, yo, that is surreal. Um, mm-hmm. I would also recommend not catching, not just catching the John Lewis doc, but also reading uh, his graphic novel adaptations. I, I read back like a couple years ago called... March book one and March book two. They are fantastic breakdowns on this man's life uh, and all the work that he did. I, all in the fight for democracy, I don't think is that's not the that's the voting one. But I think yes, with Stacey Abrams. Okay, is this Stacey Abrams one? Yeah. Damn. Okay, I was confusing this one with another one. Then I do like the Stacey Abrams one, bro. Look, I am not a person who gets very political behind a person. Mm-hmm. I'll talk politics, but getting behind a person, I don't do that often. Stacey Abrams, 2024, baby. Look, bro, I even had my mama's on. I was like, if Stacey Abrams was there, we'd, we're both voting for her. I like Stacey mm. Abrams a lot. Yeah. I'm not, I this is not get an argument against Stacey Abrams. <laughs> yeah, that's what got to go, though. But th- watch. It's on, it's on Amazon. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And, and I think what I'm trying to emphasize here is that it's not about the quality of the documentary, but no, because it's yeah. kind of just like a a standard sort of cut and paste, like a message documentary. Yo, but in real With, life, that woman won Georgia single handedly and she has not been given the credit. She, she won the real prize. Oh, my goodness. No, she did. Uh, maybe not all in the fight for democracy, but the sequel all in two. <laughs> maybe that one will get all the way through. Uh, but yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. On a similar note, things that I think are great documentaries, but not necessarily innovative filmmaking. You just mentioned MLK FBI. Oh, okay. It's a super well-made documentary. But when I put it up against some of these other ones, I just, I don't know if it's in my top five. I, I like this one a lot from Sam Pollard, a director that I like a lot, but it's it's not in my top five here. I think I enjoyed it more than you. Yeah, but if I, I I can't keep running out of these, and I only want to use two uh, for six and seven, you know, and I I, I don't want to waste an MLK FBI because I actually think that mole agent, the way that we talked about it statistically, mm-hmm. will have more of a chance. I still think MLK FBI might sneak itself in there, but I'm okay with getting rid yeah. of this one. But I highly highly recommend it. I really like the way that it breaks down just perspective. Because when you realize how things were at that time, you're not seeing this man as a hero. He was seen mm-hmm. as. <laughs> the amount of accusations they gave, yeah. uh, to think about it in retrospect, how I, all of I America mean, was against them, to not be like, oh, no, we honor yeah. him on this day. No, Crazy. the depth of information and investigative reporting here is incredible. It's just ultimately, again, like I think about the the form of documentary, and there's some oh. things that impressed me maybe more formal formal formalistically i don't, I don't even yeah, know what, because what it really to go it really there. is a compilation of a lot of his best quotes which is fantastic it's great mm-hmm. um and kind of leaves it open of like hey there's still files that are out there that won't be open until 27 2027 but I, I feel you that's okay and then the other one that i i feel like i just want to make a cut for is crip camp but i don't know if you're going to go with me there no 
I'm going to argue no. Crip Camp is going to be in the top okay. five. Crip Camp is going to be in the top five because it is a production by who? Well, it's a production by who? Well, hold on. Here, Here's the thing. Are we predicting or are we doing our personal? This is kind of like a twofer. Yeah. My prediction for it going is stronger than where I would put it on my personal list. Mm-hmm. But we're in charge here. This is our five. What What we think the nominee should be. Yeah, I think Crip Camp should make it all the way for two reasons. Oof. I think okay. that that the subject matter and what and what it talks about for accessibility, mm-hmm. I I honestly I have one. I have what I personally believe should win. I have what I think will win and I have what I think should steal it. This one I don't even want to call it a steal. I can see this one winning. The Obamas yeah. have had um <laughs> American Factory. American Factory. And they had a previous one as well that also got a nomination. But American Mm -hmm. Factory won it. And this being a follow-up that they've had, Netflix has really been killing the documentary game since Icarus. Icarus was the first Oscar win that that Netflix got. That was in 2017. What has happened afterwards? Roma, Coron, any single person that they wanted, as soon as they proved they were able to get that win, the floodgates opened. And now everything is Netflix. Crip Camp is that... The subject matter that it talks about, I would love to see them. This is out of all of them. This is the acceptance mm-hmm. speech I would want to see the most. That's that's actually a great point. And, and yeah, it, I think a lot of what is going for it is because it's this really novel uh, territory for this style of documentary that there aren't a lot of documentaries that talk about uh, handicap struggles mm-hmm. in America. So I, I think as a message movie it's it's the strongest of the f- documentaries here that i feel like are message movies i'd say it's even a little bit more innovative this is you were talking about the way it presents mm-hmm. its message this is the only one that actually went ahead and made it accessible for people who were either blind and people who were deaf as well because they they did the entire thing to be uh what do they call it they had a uh the accessibility to it they uh there was a woman who did the entire adaptation for it or I like the audio description? The audio description, and she claimed, like, this is the first time I've ever been able to see a Netflix movie. So hmm. I think it walks the talk of what of what it's trying to do. I think it goes that way, and I think it's also started a new, I don't want to call it a revolution, but since this premiered at Sundance, every single festival, and this is very ironic, let me get into a little bit here, every single festival does this thing where they get to the Q&As and they go, hello, I am a Latino male in my 20s, sitting behind whatever we've we've seen that happen a lot right i yeah. find that funny it's great i think we should con- continue doing that crip can't started that ball in, in in showcasing who you are so that people who who can't see you are there guys can we at least have the movies be that you got people <laughs> right. listening to interviews while they're doing that but the movie's not accessible for people right it's crip been interesting some of the like sundance q a's that are more accessible than some of the sundance movies thank you yeah <laughs> end of speech I think Crip Camp should make it. Okay, and th- that's totally a fair argument. I I don't know if all of those accessibility features are even, you know, on the Oscars radar. Oh, so uh, hopefully These they morons. are because th- those would be arguments in his favor. But So, all right, we're not elim- eliminating Crip Camp. I am willing to eliminate the two that I think you haven't caught up with, uh, Collective and Truffle Hunters. Interesting. Uh, I think Collective will ultimately get a nomination here. And it is a remarkable documentary. There are reportage documentaries here that I think are better. And I'm going to defer to those than Collective. And then as far as Truffle Hunters, I think it is immaculately shot. 
it's got similar qualities to Naturno in, in terms of its cinematography, but I think the crux of the story here is so much more focused in a way that I, I appreciated. And it's about a subculture, if that's what you want to call it, that in these truffle hunters and their dogs that I had no idea existed. And to me, that's one of the great things that documentaries can do is highlight stories that you had no idea were even there. But I, I don't know if this is, again, one that I'm going to argue is in my top five. So I'm willing to eliminate both of those two. I mean, I, I feel like I agree with you with Truffle Hunters. I haven't seen it. The two docs that I have not seen, Truffle Hunters and Once Upon a Time in Venezuela. Um, I'm waiting for Truffle Hunters to come out. Once Upon a Time in Venezuela, I think, is on topic. That one's not on the shortlist. Well, it, it, it was uh, one of the submissions. I'm talking just like, oh, whoa, whoa, just whoa, like whoa. docs that I have not seen that, that I that really want to see. see. Yeah, those right. are my top two. Number three is Collective. I also have not seen yeah. Collective. I've talked about my story in Collective where they damn near gave me the link at TIFF. And I was like, eh. And then as soon as it expires, Zach was like, bro, you see Collective is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that is my number six, seven. If I have um, Mole Agent, so I have my top five. Crip Camp is number five. Mm -hmm. Then it's mole agent. Then it's collective. These are the two I'm scared that will get rid of one of my top five. I'm willing to get rid of it. But again, I, those two are going to mess things up. And these two yeah. are like the Stanley Tucci nom that I hope <laughs> that you don't know is going to come in and like wreck things mm -hmm. and get rid of uh, a nomination for somebody. Yeah. Uh, collectives had a strong run, it seems. Collectives had a strong run, and I think that this has a good chance of being the one to repeat the Honeyland feat of getting nominated in both foreign Same uh, or international yeah. and documentary. One of these two I, is going to get it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Mole Agent. That said, you know, it's not. These aren't my predictions. These are my picks. Yeah. So I'm I'm willing to get rid of Collective. All right, let's get rid of Collective then. Anything else that you think we should get rid of? Yes. Before we even talk about our top five. Um, 76 days. It's a really good doc. Uh, it's great. It, it is. It is a really good doc. I have seen better. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen worse. Um, 76 docs is really good. I don't think it is going to make the top five. I believe that next year we will have a really great doc uh, in the same breath that should definitely go all the way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that one should go. I don't know if you disagree. No, I mean, I think 76 Days is, is really strong, but mm -hmm. it's not necessarily one of the five standouts of the year for me. So I'm fine getting rid of that one as Painter well. Painter and the Thief can also go. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't see it. I have certain questions on the dock. So here's where I might fight you a little bit. Go ahead. I... I really, really liked The Painter and the Thief. And okay. part of what I liked about it is it's got this very interesting uh, nonlinear structure that makes it feel almost more like a narrative than a documentary. There's a lot of things that feel more like a narrative than a documentary in this. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if it's competing in this category, and that's mm. not up for me to decide, though. Mm. I, I just was riveted by the movie, uh, the way in which it'll show you one person's story and then back up and kind of give you a different perspective. It, it does a really great job of kind of putting you in different people's shoes and showing you the progression of the story from all the angles. I, I, I really liked I thought the the structure was so integral to how the story was effective and so unique 
to see this in a documentary format that I really like this one. I don't know. Personally, I got this in my top five. Woo! Okay. It is. It's a Sundance flick. It's up on Hulu. Uh, I believe maybe PBS will pick it up at some point. I believe definitely give it a, a shot. I would say even go in as blank as possible mm-hmm. uh, because of the story. It is not in my top five, but I will say this is one of the docs that I'm willing to give a rewatch. I have like a handful of five. It's one of the ones mm-hmm. I want to give a rewatch because there's just some things that didn't sit with me on the first run through of it, the way that the story is broken down. All right, we'll keep it. We'll, yeah, keep, we'll it. keep it for now. We'll keep it. Damn, you're going to fight for Painter and the Thief over Collective? On a personal level. I need to rewatch thing. Collective. Okay. I, I haven't seen Collective since, you know, September 2019, I think. So yeah. I, I need to right, catch up with that one again. Okay. We'll keep Painter and the Thief. It's neon, though. It's neon. So I can't even, like, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, good company. It's on Hulu. It up. Gunda. It hurts. We gonna do this because yeah, at this point, yeah, at this point, I am arguing between what I think is a really good documentary and what I think will get nominated. And while I, mm. this is the one where if it gets nominated, honestly, like Mole Agent, I feel might sneak in there. Be like, oh, good for Mole Agent, but I'd mm. be like, good for Gunda. You and I went on this movie about it. You know, everyone's coming out of this going, it's a masterpiece, or. It's complete pretentious garbage. Both of you and I were on this side for a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a masterpiece. I, this is for me where we get to that breakdown of are we choosing the movies that do the most for the form of documentary or are we choosing the movies that spoke to us the most? And unfortunately, this I feel both. like no, since, since we've elected ourselves to the Oscars nominating committee, we have to, we have to think about the art form uh, and, and how innovative maybe other pieces are and how while we are moved and really touched by the beauty of Gunda, I don't know if it's what I want to select is the five from this year. It's, it's gorgeous to look at. And I think the way it's constructed is really intelligent. I appreciated it so much. I think I'm more impressed maybe by five other documentaries this year. And it really breaks my heart because Gunda is like, I think that was my number two documentary when I was considering like for our top 10 lists. But I, I got to leave it out here. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know, man. I don't care. Look, if Babe in the City got a nomination for Best Picture at some <laughs> point in the 90s, I think, why can't Gunda? It is also a story in where you're, you are. There is no words. There is no score. It is shot in black and white. Beautifully shot in black it's beautiful. and white. It is really beautiful. And you're sympathizing with a pig, bro. <sighs> It is kind of like the best of those like animals as protagonists movies, but about animals actually, and not some like fake narrative creation. Yeah. And we talked about how the director was crying <sighs> in the Q and A's, going, "I was raised with Gunda." <laughs> <laughs> Look, we could keep it out, but I, yeah, I want to go on record going that if Gunda scored it now. I'd be pretty happy. Hey, same, I don't same. even want to spoil one of the upcoming ones. You know, out of the the ones that we still have left, there is one that I it's my favorite of the year. 
I'm a little worried it might not get nominated. And I honestly don't mind if Gunda gets the nom either because my favorite is going to be my favorite regardless of what the Academy says. But yeah, yeah. We'll keep it out. I'm all right if it, if it gets in there. Justice yeah, for Gunda. Yeah, I think... I think in the Honestly. reacting to the Oscar nominations video, we're, we're going to go craziest if Gunda gets in there. <laughs> Name me a better poster. Oh, no. There's none. <laughs> none. None. No. All right. I think we're down to five. All right. So we both put Boys State in our top ten of the year. That's I'm definitely number getting one. on there for us. Yeah. Doc of the year. We both... I'm assuming have Dick Johnson is dead in our top five. That is a snub if it doesn't get a nomination. It may not get the win. Not a nomination is damn near stupid. Yeah, it's just such a special documentary. You know, I'm trying to emphasize these ones that feel really unique. These films that could not have come from any other filmmakers. And a film about your dying father going through Alzheimer's as he's dying, but is not yet dead yet. It obviously could not have been made by anybody else, particularly given how Kristen Johnston is able to see herself reflected through the documentary film format she's such a unique filmmaker she, in that way yeah we love dick johnson is dead I, i've i've been like <laughs> scared <love> <laughs> to rewatch this because i was such an emotional wreck when, when i saw Sundance? this at sundance I yeah I, I think a this year one... for these type of stories too you want it as a narrative you want it as a short you want it as a doc bro that is yeah i mean for us we know yeah. people uh relatives who have suffered from this as well and like cinema is just coming in and going well let us capture that in cinematic form so you can feel these feelings if you've never gone through it uh that mm-hmm. is a shoe in for me to getting a nomination yeah that's the one i'm probably going to be most heartbroken over if it doesn't oh, get be in upset. from this category yeah, that would make no sense no but, Turno yeah. gets it and not dick johnson oh my <laughs> no, there, there, i think there's a world in which dick johnson doesn't get in so i'm a, I'm a little bit scared for yeah, oscars we've been, yeah we've been worried that last year was way too good and we know what the Oscars tend to do. Yeah, you gotta. Time is winning. I don't see how it doesn't. Time is winning. Win. This. Uh, yeah. It has scored a bunch of nominations and wins throughout the entire award season. It's up mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. Another Sundance flick that also won awards there from the ceremony. And I don't see anything else winning. Do I have Boyset as my favorite? Yes. Do I Same. think this is the one that's gonna win? For sure. Absolutely. I have another one, though, that I actually want to score. I don't care if Boy State wins. Boy State already won my heart. Mm-hmm. But welcome to Chechnya, Zach. You finally saw it. You know I've been I on this did. movie. You know I've been on this movie. What's up? I did. Look, yeah. I, <laughs> it, it, it's just a phenomenal piece of documentary filmmaking. I was talking about how I have one movie that I think is mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. reportage documentary out there. It's this. This is really like Unbelievable. in the field, giving you access to the to communities that we should not be able to have fly on the wall type of access to in these really intense moments, in moments of fleeing from authorities, in moments of personal pain, and, and how the documentary is able to communicate this with these warped faces through this really interesting technology that they use to hide the identities of these people is incredible. I was watching the documentary for a while, like knowing that this is a part of it, but not really seeing it until you, you see it until a face doesn't exactly align perfectly. It's like, wait, they, they're 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 using hiding digital images face. right now exactly because yeah. you see it in the poster because the face is in the poster and you go oh 
for sure. I remember that I was waiting in line for something at the Echoes. People were coming out talking about Welcome to Chechnya. Oh, yes, it's really like this. They were from uh, that part of uh, like Russia, right? And yeah. they were like discussing this and they were like, oh, it's very big. I caught it once. Uh, I believe we I had seen it at a festival, virtual festival. So I quickly Googled like, yo, what, what's going on with this movie in the behind the scenes of it? And we had discussed this on a previous intercut, how it's not just using this technology to hide this person's face, a la f- this year's Sundance masterpiece Flea, which does mm-hmm. that in animation. This does it in a way where it's not just this AI hiding the person's face. They used LGBT members um i don't know if they were from an organization or just people who they got together Mm -hmm. here in america people who are free people who have those freedoms and they said let me offer up my face to be a part of this amalgamation to hydrate zach i this is the one i want to win Mm -hmm. time deserves it and i think time's gonna take it though i think time is gonna take it i think time deserves it as well i think time is a really stunning uh, of yeah of this family of this woman and it also is you know talking about documentaries of the moment this is easily the most of the moment uh or maybe you know boy state also but i think more so time just in speaking on the impact of the of the penal system of uh, and showing you this family through all this time it's such a moving piece of filmmaking it's also beautiful to look at i think the the combination of its artfulness with its commentary is ultimately what takes time to the top of this list welcome to chechnya is a really strong contender i'm gonna be i'm pretty confident that it will get an oscar nomination and it deserves it i imagine it doesn't oh my goodness that oh my again between dick johnson and welcome to chechnya those i'd be upset for when it comes to boy state all right y'all's lost but all right so overall it sounds like we have boy state dick johnson is dead time and welcome to chechnya we are arguing whether it should be what do we got over here? Crip, Crip camp, camp or painter and the thief, or I guess mole agent. We haven't eliminated yet, but mole I think agent we, we haven't can eliminated. Now. But you didn't want collective. All right, we'll get rid of collective. We'll get rid of mole agent. They might sneak in there. I just really hope they're fighting for this spot that we're arguing right now, and not the yeah. other four. Between Crip Camp and painter and the thief. Yeah, I'm sticking to Crip Camp. Yeah, look, I think. I really, I, I like Crip Camp. I don't love it. You are stronger on Crip Camp, but you think there's elements of Painter and the Thief that are bogus. I'm happy to seed ground here. So uh, that's what I was going to say, since, you know, we said we're doing the Academy thing, we might have had to have done it the way the Academy does it. And I believe they go on shoot. It's usually the, the Academy way that they do it. Right. But all right. So we got Boy State. We got Crip Camp. We got Dick Johnson is dead. Welcome to Chechnya. And what we believe is going to take it, which is Garrett Bradley's time. Yeah, it's pretty solid. For what it's list. worth, for what it's worth, Gold Derby in in their predictions of what's going to get nominated, they have Time Collective, Dick Johnson is dead, Welcome to Chechnya, and Boys State. So swap out Crim really? Camp for Collective, and they came to the same conclusions that we did. Dang, those are the insider insiders right there. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. the okay. I really quickly want to mention some other docs. Uh, well, first the the, the documentary shortlist i believe needs to go to a concerto as a conversation a movie that yeah. uh had not necessarily its premiere but was hosted by sundance i believe it may mm-hmm. have won uh some awards there as well but it is available up on youtube and the new york times as well highly 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 recommended the same Absolutely. way that the way zach was talking about how the monopoly of violence is able to shoot 
you know, the, the talking heads. This does so in a great way because I believe it was done during the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But just the way that they shoot the conversation, I want that to win. But I am I am disappointed. Huntsville Station. Oh, it didn't make the shortlist. Jeez, that is a That's really ridiculous. Great yeah. Be- hey, it better count for next year. But uh, to wrap up this list, a big shout out to Whirly Bird, which I know wasn't even uh, submitted, mm. but I, I really enjoy that key- that one. Donut King, a fantastic documentary about the man who had this whole rain of donuts over in California. A Thousand Cuts, a really good documentary about journalists in the Philippines. Spaceship Earth, I don't know if you ever caught that one, was no. a fantastic breakdown of literally yeah, trying to create another Earth here. And if you create another Earth, you're going to have the exact same problems within that Earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, some kind of heaven, I would have loved to it, Oof. right? I would have loved to have seen a little bit more love. Um, yeah. But that is a filmmaker. That is a doc filmmaker that we're going to be seeing for a long time. Our buddy Chase, uh, he just did a little collaboration with the man as well. He went to go shoot some stuff over there at the Florida villages. Yeah. <laughs> and he got to meet the dude who did all the drugs in the movie. <laughs> He did an interview with him. Uh, you had mentioned Mayer, and I just wanted to add some other breakdowns of some very iconic people. Mucho, mucho amor, which talks about Walter Mercado. Mm-hmm. You can catch that one on Netflix, a really great breakdown on the man that had everybody going, damn, that's right, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, I had mentioned John Lewis, Good Trouble, House of Cardin. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this one. No. I quote this one to Alina all the time. It is about one of the biggest fashion designers who everyone called a sellout. And then he said, sir, do you see art or business? And he goes, everything is business. Not everything is art. And he decided to create this this legacy of being able to uh, put his stuff in department stores. And for a lot of people, what ended up happening is they called him a sellout only to do what, Zach? What Disney Plus say about Netflix only to become Netflix, right? They just mm-hmm. did the exact same things back. Um, yeah. There are some quotes from Cronin that that are fantastic. Frida got a gun. That one's over on Peacock? Very right. great. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Big Frida's music, she just came yeah. out with this uh, Christmas mix about Santa <laughs> Claus being a hoe. Uh, Be Water, I thought was an actual great, um, not bio, not profile on Bruce Lee, but his experience on coming over to Hollywood. And if you look at it as that, I think a lot of people were like, this doesn't cover his entire life. I'm like, I don't think that was the purpose of it. That's an ESPN right. flick, 40 Years a Prisoner over on HBO, a really great look at the move movement and all the stuff that yeah. happened and how the police came in. I thought that was a great doc. And uh, to wrap it up, the earth is as blue as an orange. I like seeing that that was able to Another get Sundance doc. a submission. And so, hey, we talking about Sundance. Shout out Tabitha Jackson, who was responsible, I would say, for a lot of these documentaries because she was hosting that. That was her job for a long, long time. And she got the upgrade. And this year we experienced her in a revolutionary year her becoming vision, director. Yeah. Uh, of the Sundance Film Festival. So she's already been killing the docs as just ahead of that. Now that she's in charge of the whole thing. I mean, we got Flea this year. We got one of our favorites. We have our new waves. I'm still thinking about All Lights Everywhere. I think that's my new waves. Still thinking about All Lights Everywhere. Still thinking yeah, about All Lights Theo Everywhere. Anthony. Theo Anthony. Um, yeah, what a fantastic year for documentaries. Record-breaking over 250, I want to say. But that's our list. Let us know yours. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know 
what documentaries you want to see ultimately nominated for the Oscars as well as any other documentaries that you think should have made the shortlist. But we're going to take a break from the shortlist to get to the interview and answer a couple questions from the intercuties like you. We got a couple questions here, one from YouTube. Uh, Renetius asked us for our thoughts on the rise of Emile Mosseri. Okay. said, I haven't seen Minari yet, but the score for The Last Black Man in San Francisco and Kajillionaire are amazing. He seems to have a different voice when compared to your usual composers. Uh, for me personally, I love his work. Obviously, he hasn't done a ton of film scores yet, but The Last Black Man in San Francisco has, I think, like one of the most gorgeous film scores I've maybe ever into, heard. Into a it's, company that cinematography is unreal. Yeah. Dude. I mean, it ju- that's a movie that the aesthetics of are amazing, but, you know, it, that score is one that I go back to and back to. I'm, I'm hearing it now in a bunch of commercials. Like, it's it's one of those, you know, when when sometimes the score is so great that all that's the companies right. just start ripping it. Bro, that's right. We were watching, like, because I never watch ads unless I'm over at my brother's house, right? Because I'm yeah. always on streaming. I got ad blockers on everything. I'm paying the premiums. When you're watching live sports, you're going to sit through the commercials. And we always laugh because he's like, yeah. he sees me react to a commercial for the first time. And he's like, I've seen that like 30 times. <laughs> I remember going, I, I, I pulled the Once Upon a Time thing. I was like, that's Black Man in San Francisco. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I think I remember that one wasn't even nominated. The Oscars pulled a bogus thing about how, remember mm. how it was used and they, they decided to not count it. Um I think that's bogus yeah. to not recognize a score as great as this, but they've done that in the past for Mad Max. They did it this year for yeah. um, the score that was used for One Night in Miami. Hell, Judas and the Black Messiah was also disqualified. Yeah, I will say the that's rules- actually it. It'd be nice to see them update the rules, or maybe like we, we've talked about look adding Oscar categories. Yeah. Maybe they need to add an Oscar category for for best music that's not. All okay, original. Thank you. I was about to say because it's like you can't really bend those rules. You and I think it, the rules are really dumb when it comes to foreign films and the way that they, they mm-hmm. use the language. But it's like if the I got to be honest, I don't like it. But if the category is called original music, you can't you got to yeah, play by certain rules. I get it. But I agree with you. It is not fair that these aren't even getting recognized. Makes mm-hmm. no sense. It, and you look at a movie maybe like Promising Young Woman that has done such amazing work with like remixing songs that already exist. There's That's something that maybe the Academy should recognize. Us and what it did. Yeah, there, there is plenty. Um, the yeah. man did Homecoming. Oh, did he do the score for Homecoming this, as well? Yeah, the Amazon series Homecoming, wow. which we really, really, really enjoyed. That's wow. He yeah. did, uh, I believe, the follow-up I, season. Yeah, Uh, I just caught Minari again last night, so I spent all morning listening to his score for Minari, which is just so gorgeous. There's like this hopefulness, yet a melancholic thread underneath it that just like gets me right in my my cry zone. I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't know. There's something elegaic and his music. It's it's it's. Like high art. I don't know. I really, really love everything that I've heard from him so far. So I have my yeah, B9E ticket for today uh, at 8 p.m. So Zach's just been telling me, he's yeah. like, yo, the Q&A is great. This is that. I am very excited to get into that. He did yeah. in there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We, are, we yeah. are talking about a man who is going to be huge. Absolutely. Huge. All right. Uh, our our other question comes in from Cademan Fair. Thanks for the question. He sent it in through Twitter. It reads, I'm able to find time to play video games as much or maybe less than I assume you guys are able to. What are some narrative-based games that I should prioritize playing? The Last of Us 2 is a recent favorite that I found time for. All right. I feel like this 
depends on what you mean by narrative based because like if we're talking last of us 2 it's a game that kind of has a great story that maybe is prioritized but still there's like a lot of gameplay mm -hmm. in last of us 2 for me i'd go with like uh red dead redemption 2 because for me I, I loved that story of loss regret and the wild west which unfolds over the course of many many years it that's takes place problem. in a world that's like full of design. But if you're talking about a game that's more primarily about its story, I would say maybe like Heavy Rain. I know a lot of people you make fun of the David Cage games. Yo, I loved Heavy Rain. I Yeah, that's the best of his games, I think. I see someone typing. Shut up. <laughs> I love yeah. Heavy Rain. I, I, yeah. Dude, I remember loving that game. And then I was like, let me see what the internet has to... S oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't care. I love that. Uh, I think it's the best out of the ones that he had. Is it corny? Is it cringy? Is it completely? Yes. Zach, now you know what it's like to like Batman v Superman. Yes, it is about those moments. But there is <laughs> sometimes you. something in there. Uh, I'm a big fan of Heavy Rain. Uh, I don't think his follow-up games are as good as those. But, you know, he's yeah. done Beyond Two Souls. He didn't do Detroit, did he? He did Detroit, yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I kind of forgive of some of those games a little bit. Like, yeah, there are corny elements or elements where it doesn't feel like a game, but I, I just kind of like the branching stories and exploring them. So, okay. yeah, maybe David Cage is a way to play. And there's also just a bunch of games that I think have really interesting stories, even if they're not necessarily about the story like i really like the story behind final fantasy x or the recent final fantasy 7 remake i i really love uh papers please do you know about papers please papers please is absolutely fantastic talk about yeah. it yeah talk about like it. that it's not like there's much of a story you play a guard a, a border guard uh that checks people's documentation deciding whether or not to let them through but just the world building in that game nah, is so dude, full that is the it, it, it's, it puts you in the position of like, am I going to compromise my morals to help out these people or am I going to do what feeds my family? Yeah. It's Did you it's mess up and let the game. wrong person in? It's like L.A. Noir in 8-Pit and you're yeah. just like talking to people, asking. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, somebody L.A. Noir, another good story game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if you have any other ones, but no. um, I have a couple over here. Uh, I hate the follow-ups to Life is Strange. But I don't think the first one is that bad. Um, yeah. And from there, I would say a lot of the Telltale games. Uh, I, totally. That's If you've never played a Telltale game, these bad boys, you can get them for 40 bucks and you get the entire Walking Dead collection. Mm -hmm. I remember getting off of work from McDonald's and just going in. It's just so easy. I don't have to worry about dying for the most part. It is a comic come to life. I mm. know a lot of people don't consider those games. It is a literal motion picture. Like, you are playing right. within well, the, the comic. We're, we're talking about narrative-based exactly. stuff, right? So I'm glad that this is one that I could actually talk about. Because they had yes, a Game of Thrones one, too, that I only played the really demo good. one for, but it's really good. Uh, I have not finished it. I got some three chapters. Uh, I have it downloaded on, like, my iPad and my PlayStation, yeah. but Chase highly recommended that one. There's the cool. Wolf one. That, yeah, there's plenty of them. Um, Bioshock Infinite, if we're talking about like a really big, um, one of the big oh, games, yeah. that is one of the ones that I remember playing on the Xbox and I just absolutely fell in love with the story. I right now just bought the entire definitive edition trilogy for Mafia and Alina and I are really mm. loving it. I mean, she started making me spaghetti, order some cannolis. <laughs> are we really in that world? <laughs> uh, that one's really great. But again, just started on the first one, but I'm going to mention Annapurna Interactive. If we're talking about hmm. narrative-based games, I have my theories in VR. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to get into a glitch of the Matrix, but 
when we're starting to get movies, uh, movie studios getting into the interactive side of games, when we have Sundance really pushing their VR, when we have, what was it, Tribeca um, or South by talking about mm-hmm. should we have a category for video game narratives in general to award, I am a really big... Com- uh, I'm really big on the on, on the point that we are going to be pushing for a lot of VR movies. Mm-hmm. And then at what point, once you're in the thing, are you not going to be interactive? Let me get into it. Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu's newest flick that he's been working on for a while, but he needs to actually bring it to your place is, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it. It is a VR film experience about crossing the border. Mm. There's some behind the scenes that was released not too long ago. He made this about two years ago. If Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu is working on VR films, that's the right. next step. Nolan was talking about, I don't know, I think there's still a lot on 2D films. Sure, yes, there will still be a lot that can still be done with cinema. But sir, mm-hmm. video games, that whole industry makes more money than music and movies combined. You cannot... Yep dismiss that and it combines all those elements into one and Annapurna Interactive seeing a, a movie studio come in and make these video games I'd like to recommend uh, Edith Finch a fantastic have you ever played that I don't think I have oh my god I'm giving you recommend oh my god <laughs> yeah all right Edith Finch, Edith Finch. Um, they're also working on that cat game that's supposed to be coming out for the PS5 called Stray. Oh. Yeah, that is Annapurna Interactive. There are a lot of movie studios that are getting ready to expand on this, but Annapurna is up on it, and I would highly recommend Edith Finch. It talks about this family. I still feel like they gave it a shout-out in Hereditary with the way that the house is built about um, a woman coming back to go look through everything that happened in this house and her descend, uh, you know, all of her ancestors and, you know... Yeah, the terrible things that may or may not have happened in this cycle, this generational cycle of like I would call it family curses. I have played through the game three times. Absolutely, I think it is worth the experience. It is very short. It is a movie. It is a three-hour yeah. interactive movie. Yeah, that, that's one of those. Step. That's again one of those. That's like, is that even really a game or is it just this interactive experience? But like, I don't know how much I care about those if it's a moving, meaningful piece of work you so know? yeah there's a, there's a lot of good stuff out there and yeah that it's it's blending man it's yeah we've been on that movies tvs nah the next one is movies games reality <laughs> we'll see uh but great great question appreciate it yeah thanks for the questions and as always you can reach out to us on email at intercutpod at gmail.com or by reaching out to us through social media at intercutpod to get your question onto the next episode also just leave it in the comments on youtube that works for us as well always exciting to hear from an intercutie let's get into the best international feature shortlist because we love international films they're often some of the best movies that we get in any one year. Uh, And of course, the Oscars list features several great choices. The films that made the shortlist for Best International Feature are Quo Vadis Aida from Bosnia and Herzegovina, The Mole Agent, again, from Chile, Charlatan from Czech Republic, Another Round from Denmark, Two of Us from France, La Llorona from Guatemala, Better Days from Hong Kong, Sun Children from Iran, 
Night of the Kings from Ivory Coast. Nice. I'm No Longer Here from Mexico. Woo! Hope from Norway. Collective from Romania. Dear Comrades from Russia. Fantastic. A Son from Taiwan. Solid. And The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia. So I uh, should mention that not all these movies are readily available in America right now. This and is the worst list, be- yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of that, neither of us have seen the films from Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, Iran, Norway, and Tunisia. Just not available. Yeah, they're just not available to us yet. Although, uh, Quo Vadi Saida just got picked up by Neon's label Super Limited, so that one should hopefully be available at some point soon. Nice. Should be on Hulu, because that's where Dear Comrades is as well. All right, so first off, my soapbox. (laughs) They're never made available. And even now that we have the World Wide Web, we're still trying to do Mm -hmm. geo restrictions on something that is fully accessible to everybody. And that is one of the biggest problems why I feel that a lot of Americans don't go out of the way to see these flicks. Of course, there's a subtitle thing, right? Bong Joon-ho came in, gave us a classic line that we remember forever about getting over that border. There is just the accessibility factor, right? If you're Mm -hmm. already having trouble, you know, wanting to watch these films... If you can't even have them readily available to you, yes, that's what's causing this disconnect. And I feel that uh, we have the internet and we have a way to make these movies get out there so that more people can realize, Mm -hmm. yo, there are great movies everywhere. They're not just in America. And even with dubbing, look, I am a subs over dubs guy, but I understand, again, accessibility. Maybe some people, you know, they can't focus on both or they really want to see it. We've talked about Netflix dubbing and how they've gotten so eerily close to matching the lips. I think uh, with Flea, another one that is a foreign documentary that's going to be released this upcoming year, they're doing the dubbing with Nikolaj and with Riz Ahmed, and they are realizing that that's going to be a way to be able to get these stories out there. Yo, there is no reason why out of all the categories that we talk about, yeah, they make it so difficult to see it. There should not be these many movies that we don't have access to, especially Mm -hmm. in this time. And this is the year we've had it most accessible. How would we have seen Dear Comrades, bro? I would have had right. to gone it's to go visit you in New York. Yeah, but now it's up on Hulu. A lot of these that would have not been available if two of us didn't get its virtual release. If La Llorona mm-hmm. wasn't available on Shutter, you know, I'm no longer here, which is on Netflix. Another round, which got its virtual release. Yeah. Not only would they have been limited to where they would have been released, but if you don't live in a big city with an art house theater, you wouldn't have gotten these. End of, end yeah. of whatever. Yeah, and and I wonder if for the case for some of these, it's just that they don't have the distribution like Quo Vora Saida, which only just now got picked up, or if it is just this this holding off and hoping that they'll get a bigger bump if they get nominated for the Oscar. But yeah, it, it does ultimately mean that there is less interest in a category like this, which is often a great category, but less interest because these films don't end up being as widely seen mm-hmm. as opposed to a year like last year when we had several films that I think uh, people were really excited about that were international features. Mm-hmm. But putting aside the movies that did get on the short list, okay. there's stuff that did not get on the short list. Yes. Now, I, I don't know if there's anything that uh, was a submission that you liked, but let's first talk about the stuff that didn't even get submitted. What were some of your favorite foreign films from 2020 that their countries didn't even choose to submit to the Academy? Okay, Zach. The, what's the rule? Because it's not no longer, inter, it's not foreign, it's international? It's not international? It's international. So I think each country has a film commission that submits one movie. And they pick it, yes. Um, yeah. But the UK doesn't count. Yeah, right. I, I guess not. Because they're. Yeah. I don't know if English. Canada counts either. 
it counts if it's in a different language. Hmm. Yeah, because they have you one know, here that's 14 days, 12 nights. There yeah. you go. So, you know, it, it stinks. But I know, I know, sorry we missed you. I believe it accounted for last year and small lags. But I always find it intriguing how it's like those are foreign films, but they're technically not foreign films. Yeah. Identifying features and I Carry You With Me are two movies that were also part of the ones that Mexico had to decide which they were going to submit. I love that it's I'm No Longer Here, available on Netflix. But, you know, I love identifying features. Uh, I Carry You With Me was one of Alina's favorites of last year as well. Those are two movies that I would definitely have on people's radar. Twilight's Kiss. I was so surprised that Better Days took it. Because I remember seeing Better Days. I was Mm. like, oh, Better Days from Hong Kong. The bully one? That is a, I think Better Days is a pretty solid movie, but I, I can't believe it took over Twilight's Kiss, also known as Suksu, mm. uh, a movie talking about two elderly men who realize that they're going to have to go to a retirement home. But if they go to a retirement home and it's not one that is pro-gay rights, they will not be able to be with their partners. How do you mm. even fight for that? Because in fighting for it and coming out, you are going to be ostracized. That goes even deep into the making of the movie and how they had trouble even finding actors for it because they mm. wanted older men, older right. Asian actors. Well, what's the movie talking about? None of them wanted to even be cast in this role because it would have been an embarrassment for them. So just trying to find the casting for these people was a, was was something that was difficult. So that would have been a good one to get in there. I had mentioned how Martin Eden should have been Italy's submission, not Noturno. And Tremors. Tremors is a movie from Guatemala about a man who gets completely ostracized from his family because he uh, is gay. And it's a very religious movie. And not only do they want to ostracize him because of the religion, but because the family's pretty wealthy. They're like, nah, bro, we're going to cut you out from all the money. And I was like, damn, that would have been good. But then I saw La Llorona got nominated. Yeah. And I was like, nah, La Llorona's better. But I'm like, damn. They're the same director, Zach. Oh, really? Shout out Bustamante. Bro, I guess I got to go watch Tremors. (laughs) The homie has two movies. He's pulling a Soderbergh fighting with himself for the best submission. I'm glad La Llorona got it. I'm glad La Llorona got it. But yeah, that was one where I was like, damn, this one didn't get it. Who got it? Oh, him. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shout out to the man. He's been doing some good work there. But, yeah, those would have been the ones that I know didn't even get a submission. And then I still have my other list for the top. But anything that didn't get a submission for you that you would have liked to see? The number one movie that I can't wait for you to see, The Disciple, which was not chosen by India, uh, as we've talked about in the past. What'd they choose? Jalakatu, which I've heard is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, people have uh, asked us to, to, to cover that. I want to try to do it before yeah, my Yeah, I haven't caught it yet, but we, we will get around to that one because I've heard really good things about it, and it is available on Prime. Okay. Uh, but The Disciple, such a good movie. This will be a movie that we talk about at the end of 2021, but unfortunately wanna, we're not talking about it right now. I want to buy that one immediately. Beast Clawing at Straws, a movie we did talk about at the end of 2020. That's a good one. Surprised you didn't bring it up. I am surprised yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> a really satisfying, like low, low boil crime drama thriller kind of movie going on. Like that one a lot. A movie that I definitely think France was never going to select, but it won in my heart. Deerskin. Shouts to Quentin, man. That that dude is eventually going to make a movie that I think a lot of people love. I think he's kind of going to yes. have his Yorgos Lanthimos about that. the favorite moment at some point, and everyone's going to go back and see the catalog and. and, and and Deerskin to me is, is just a standout. It's such a fun, bizarre movie. It never would have been shortlisted by the never. Academy, but I loved it. I feel like Deerskin yeah. is still rolling out 
but then there's mandibles doing the festival circuit. But then I just sent you the text about like, <laughs> and he's got another one. another one coming out right now. Yeah. Look at him, man. Look at him. Yeah. Watch him go. What about the movies that were chosen to be selected, but ultimately didn't get shortlisted? Was there anything on there that you thought was really good? Yeah. Um, um, I'll mention a, a little bit of the watch list that I'm curious to see. 200 Meters, I thought, from Palestine. Looks like a really interesting mm-hmm. movie to catch. Blizzards of Soul was one where they kept yeah. emailing about about it over and over and over again. And I caught the trailer. Uh, it's from Latvia. It pitches itself, no lie, right there, right at the beginning. <laughs> The realistic 1917, and I was like, all oh, the balls <laughs> to just go straight at it. Um, yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Blizzard of Souls is that its score somehow made the short list for best original score. But it didn't make the short but list. But the movie didn't. That's crazy. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Atlantis, another one I want to catch. This is not a burial. It's a resurrection. Really interesting to note that that's Los Ojos. Mm. First submission. I always love seeing first submissions. I know that the country that submitted You Will Die at 20 was another one. I was able to catch that one at TIFF always dope to see new people being able to submit but yeah that was sudan i believe yep um i have two that i was very confused with how the dates worked and then we danced and system crasher technically those were last year's and they were Mm. submissions and then we dance i think is a fantastic movie that we finally have this year but sweden chose beginning instead which is up on movie system crasher from germany um i'm just mentioning because yo the girl did a fantastic do- job. I know we got her in News of the World, but she should have gotten a nomination nomination herself. My top picks that did not get in, it shouldn't have, but Croatia submitted this movie called Extracurricular. Do you know anything about this movie, Zach? Not a thing. Please tell me. Okay. I just caught this at Chicago Fest 2019. It is about a man. So again, that's why I don't understand how things work. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> this man can't see his daughter. And they're getting a divorce, and his daughter's at school, and he just wants to wish her a happy birthday. So he comes in with a gun and locks down the entire school so he can give his daughter the happy birthday. At the same time, there are there's a dude who's trying to run for office again, and he's going to use this entire scenario to kind of boost his campaign. However, there's a police officer who may or may not have some other things going on, and his kid is a part of it. Um, and then there's the news outlets who are trying to make this bigger than it really is, and they're trying to be like, please tell me that there have been shots fired. I'm not saying it's a comedy. It is this crazy movie that should not be touched as an American <laughs> remake, but Croatia went at it. Okay. I'm very curious to see how it's received once this gets a release over here. And I swear to you, there is going to be an American company that's going to want to remake this. Um, It'll be interesting to see. But yes, it is a yeah. school shooting movie where there may or may not be shooting and it may all just be a yeah, play. sounds like. It sounds like the latest <laughs> Daily Wire movie. Exactly. It is it's a crazy one. I have a two for over here between Indonesia's submission and Malaysia's submission, which is always nice mm. to see. And it's very interesting to see they're both horrors. I thought Empedagor was yeah. a fantastic film, premiered at Sundance. We yeah. didn't get to catch it. And when I finally caught it after the fact, I thought, wow, I would have loved to have seen this on the, on the big screen as it premiered at Sundance. As well as Soul from Malaysia. Again, two horror movies that prove, look at these genre films that are able to make it and be a submission. Didn't make the shortlist, but nonetheless were uh, chosen to be some of the tops for their country and prove that they're not just, you know, spooky movies. They actually have a lot to say, um, especially about the country. True Mothers, again, would be another one from Japan. Uh, This was one of Alina's favorite favorites. I really enjoyed it and made me go back on a lot of the director's work. Masterclass director. Yo, this woman shot herself giving birth. Hmm. 
So having caught up on all of it, I'm very curious to see True Mothers again because of the way that it shot when we had first covered it. I said, I feel like it turns into a documentary. Yep. I went back to see that she is a documentary filmmaker and that's what she was going for. So again, always nice to like catch a movie, see some interesting things about it, go back and learn about the director to then see what they were going for there, right? Like if you yeah. were to have caught the ending of the Florida project, and you're like, what is this man doing? You'd need to know Sean Baker's history in filmmaking yeah. to get why he went for that iPhone shot. So true mothers, highly recommend it. My top three, they've been nominated. So what'd you got? Cool. There's only one that I'm really heartbroken. Didn't get into the short list of the ones that were uh, selected. And that's apples, the Greek film. You were- I- I, I thought this was a really interesting film. Yeah. Uh, again, kind of this part of this Greek weird wave of movies that I really respond to. But this one took me by a bit of surprise in terms of the emotionality that's sort of hidden be- beneath the weird surface of this movie. I liked it a lot. I really want to watch it again. Unfortunately, it's not getting that uh, highlight here. But there's still plenty of really interesting movies that did make the short list. I have only seen seven of these. You've seen 11 we're I guess we can eliminate those four that we talked about, the man who sold his skin, Sun Children, Hope, and Quo Vadis Aida, mm-hmm. because they are just not available for us to watch right now, yeah. unfortunately. Really quick, the man who sold his skin, they're making a big deal about how it was titled wrongly. It's not the man who sold his skin, it's the man who sold his back. Oh. I, I've had the same thing about identifying features. It yeah. is non-identifying features. So again, let me get back on the soapbox real quick. We're not even respecting the titles. <laughs> I, it, it's weird how they will change some of those things. I, and I don't know who is ultimately making those decisions. I but. don't know, Zach. I don't know. Continue. <laughs> Are there any movies that you want to just eliminate off the bat? Should not be in our top five from the 11 that you've seen. I don't think Better Days is going to make it. But uh, again, that was a surprise pick from Hong Kong, surprisingly. But uh, I would mm-hmm. say that definitely check that one out. I know it was available on Hoopla for a little bit. So if you have Hoopla Canopy, it may appear there for um, for you to catch. Charlatan, I thought it was a solid movie. Got to catch that at the Chicago Fest. I went virtual last year. I know Agnieszka Holland. She has made yeah. some movies that some people vibe with, some people don't. I thought it was an interesting look at a doctor who may not be the most scientific, but he's trying to help people by you know looking at their urine during this communist era there in, uh, I, I want to say it was in Poland, but it was a ch- uh, Czech movie. Um, yeah. And how the communist... How the Communist Party's like, no, 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 no. You are going to work underneath us. Then there's a whole other element about his own personal life and his relationships. I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't think that'll make it through. A son? Yeah, the uh, two and a half hour Taiwanese movie, which is available on Netflix for those of you who want to check that one out. A big conversation with this one. And <sighs> let me dust this one off again. Let me get on the soapbox. When we finally, everyone started talking about it and that it got its nomination, we can complain about how Netflix didn't push it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, it got a nomination. What can we do right now? <laughs> what can we do right now, Zach? We can literally go watch it. Yeah. That's how streaming works. Yeah. Where's Sun Children? Where's the man who sold his skin back? Where's Hope? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, no, no. Yeah, I at least never... this one is Thank out you. there. It is available. Yeah. Off the soapbox. I don't think it, it should get it. I think I find it very interesting that a lot of people didn't like One for the Road for certain reasons. Hmm. And then a son does everything that a One for the Road did as well. I think it's a very interesting movie. Maybe a little too long, but um, hmm. a fascinating look at like 
fathers and sons to a degree and the repercussions of what happens when certain decisions are made and how that affects the entire family as well. Give it a watch. It's Taiwan's submission that's up on Netflix. Uh, I don't I think it's I, I think this would be more of an audience favorite mm-hmm. because of the way that it covers that. It covers its subject matter. So between this and Better Days, these are movies that I I, I never saw them getting shortlisted. Right. But I definitely see them being uh, crowd pleasers for people who go ahead and uh, catch these foreign films. Mole Agent and Collective. Let's talk about them. Let's just get them out of the way. Will they? Yeah. These are the ones that got the twofers between Doc and International. So Warrant. if we're we're skipping ahead a little bit, but Gold Derby seems to be putting its weight behind Collective and not Mole Agent, which having seen both, I understand because I, I think Col- Collective is like a stunning portrait of really good reporters really having an impact and then also it's got some of that bureaucracy element that we've been talking about that's in a lot of these docs it's just a a really well told story with some very stunning moments in it Mm -hmm. so it makes it stand out a little bit more to me than mole agent which is charming but not that moving Mm -hmm. so mole agent or sorry collective and night of the king's are my five, six. And I feel one of these is going to take up the five. I'm willing to get rid of one of these, but I feel like it's going to be one of those. Do you feel stronger on Night of the Kings getting in here with the top five? I do. I think it is a very interestingly constructed, stylish, exciting movie. I think the, the fact that it's also one of the stronger contenders from Africa out there is, is yeah. potentially... Help helpful because if you're trying to get like a wide array of films onto this best international feature selections, which might be part of the Academy's thinking, uh, it might get some favor too. But I also really liked this one. I think it's one of the more uniquely constructed stories on here, and it's definitely it's got a dynamic presence to it that I don't know you normally get in what is often a very kind of staid and traditional category. Yeah. You're, you're 100. I mean, just looking at all the other ones, this is the one that does something different. And that is because of the country that it comes in. That is because of the director's background and the way that he sees storytelling. Yeah. I would, I would love to see this one taken. I have a personal pick that I want to be in the top five, but if Night of the Kings took that one slot, I'm completely okay with it. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about what we're going to put in our collective top five because <laughs> not collective. There, <laughs> maybe not collective do we both have do we both have another road in our top fives another round or another round yeah. i have it winning i think there's a good chance it could it's you know perhaps the most mainstream feeling of these movies like mm-hmm. one that you could plop right into an american movie theater and probably do pretty well Vincent Brick deserves of it. that is part of that is because it has mads mickelson in it giving a really good performance but you know there. I think this is, of all 15 movies here, the most likely to have an American remake in the next two years. Force majeure, down Oh my style. gosh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, I have another round in there. I want it to win, and I believe it'll win as well. So, Yeah. I could see it winning. Another one that I at least hope has a chance at winning is one that I think is going to be in your top five as well. I'm going uh, La Llorona. La Llorona is the one that I want to get a nomination if it yeah. wins, I haven't even considered it winning. If it wins, first of all, let's pause on the, on, on the international side. A horror movie winning. Yeah. 
is always a genre film winning comedy or horror are always things that I am there for. That would be fantastic. This is the one, though, that I worry may not even get a nomination because we may have Collective or Mole Agent or Night of the Kings in there. Yeah, Winning, though? I could, I'm happy I with could it getting a I could see it getting bounced. Okay. Yeah, I would really, really hope that it gets a nomination. I do have it in my if top. we are in charge, it is definitely getting a nomination. Thank you. I'm glad you really like this one, man. I thought this one was fan-freaking-tastic. It is. I, I regret not at least giving it an honorable mention on our best of 2020 list, but I, of course, hadn't seen it then. Mm-hmm. It's it's really stunning. It, it The vibe that it gives you is so unsettling, yet it does it in this kind of historical package and just the way in which it's able to turn a sea of faces into this sort of menacing presence. I, I, I liked so much about this movie. It's so, so Check good. Check out Tremors, the boy with a double feature All over right. here. All right, Gyro. I, I got to see what he's right? got. Um, yeah. Two of us. I know you didn't like it as much, but I, I you know, yeah. it may not make your personal top five, but I think we could both agree, knowing France's record, knowing how the Academy works, it's definitely going to be a shoe into getting one. I personally did enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should win, but I mm-hmm. see it being one of the top to get a nom. I wouldn't have it in my top five. Okay, that's fair. But I... Definitely could see it getting an Oscar nomination. I kind of want to make the case for some of the ones that maybe we like a little bit more. Let's go for it. I think the we've we talked about Night of the Kings. I think we can throw Night of the Kings in our five. Over two of us? I it, Just for us. It's just you and me, man. I like two of us more than Night of the Kings. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. What about... Well, remember, they'd be five and six. They'd be five and six. So we'll get back to that. We'll argue that in the professional What about Academy I'm no win. longer here? Uh, I'm no longer here, I believe, fits in the top five. I saw that you recently caught up with it. Um, I did. Did you catch my Theos talking about it? Uh, Netflix has this nice little thing with, I believe it's Coron and Guillermo, and they're really discussing the beauty of the mm-hmm. movie and the presence of it and, you know, the juxtaposition between Mexico and being over, over here in the United States, how you start maybe losing your identity in, tor- in order to assimilate. I know we caught Son mm-hmm. of Monarchs at Sundance. Did you feel the same way about this one? Did you feel it was a better version of that? I definitely like this one more than Son okay. of Monarchs. I, I, I thought uh, both... Th- Son of Marks is all, it's interesting you bring up that comparison because these are both stories that are kind of two movies in one. Mm-hmm. You have the more hangout vibes uh, or the more family structure in uh, Mexico, and then you have the immigrant story in New York City. And it was a science liked, an immigrant story, yeah. I liked the going back and forth more in I'm No Longer Here. You really get a feel for what he's missing in his transition, but also just the, the emergence the way it immerses you in this sort of cumbia culture, right? I, I found to be just a much more interesting perspective. And the way in which he, he finds happiness in that community and then it's taken away from him, I think is really interestingly told. Gosh. I also really like the aspects of trying to fit in in New York once he's there. I, I don't know. I, I just liked a lot of aspects to I'm No Longer Here. I think it maybe was slow in certain sections, mm, but ultimately it's a really strong story. And yeah, for me, it's in my top five. All right, perfect. Did you get to catch Dear Comrades? I didn't, but I, if you're telling me this is a top five movie, I, I am happy to oblige because this one looks really cool. It is. <laughs> it's top three, bro. 
Um, I ho- I am hoping that this one also gets a cinematography nomination. Every year we talk wow. about how one of the five is always going to be a black and white film. Gunda fits <laughs> there. I know that it may be Mank. It should be Dear mm-hmm. Comrades. Dear Comrades is the one movie. It's out on Hulu, like we said. It's be it's being distributed by Neon. I would have loved to have seen this in a theater. I think that it, seeing this on a big screen, having it all be... The, just, just just seeing it in, in a screen that has a really great contrast uh, would have made this movie pop a lot. You know, the same way that I mm-hmm. saw what is it, Ida, the same way that we saw... Um, uh, what was the follow-up that he did as well? Cold War, which Cold also War. got a nomination. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this one deserves the exact same praise that those are getting. So, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend Dear Comrades. Yeah. And you mentioned cinematography. Cinematography, for whatever reason, has been a category that seems to embrace international movies. In 2018, three out of the five cinematography nominations were for international movies. So, yeah, maybe Comrades is able to sneak in there. Uh, That was the year that it was Roma, Cold War, and then there's that German film, Never Look Away, that got a cinematography nomination. That was two black and white films. Yeah. Damn. Okay, and maybe there's three international films. Ooh. So maybe there's some hope for dear comrades there. All right. So for our top five, we have another round. La Llorona. I'm no longer here. Dear comrades, and then choosing between Night of the Kings or Two of Us. For our list, as much as I enjoy Two of Us, I'm taking your arguments on the different type of storytelling, on which one yep. is more innovative, on actually honoring and giving the nomination to someone who's coming out to do something different, I'm going to give it to Night of the Kings. Hell yeah, you are. Awesome. I mean, Night of the Kings is a great movie. I'm really... I, I want more I people catch to see again, that yeah. one. And it would be a really exciting nomination for, for that movie Ira if Ghost, it got yeah. in there. Uh, I agree. That's one of the ones where it's like, you got to get used to storytelling at first, yeah, and once you get to it, it's like, all right, I see how the groove is going. So that's why I want to catch it again now that I, now that I, I've been hit with the way that they did the storytelling mm-hmm. uh, in the circle. I kind of feel similarly about Night of the Kings as I do. I'm no longer here in that there's really electric sequences, and then it slows down, and then it picks back up, I and then you. it slows down. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like those movies. I, I could put up a fight for Collective, but again, like it's just a little bit hazy in my memory. Yeah, Collective and, and Mole Agents, as we know, they're just going to come in and wreck. They're bound to take something, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really surprised. To, I'm going to be really surprised to see what ends up getting nominated, what ends up being like the the thing we didn't see coming, but um, yeah. there's always bound to be that. But yeah, those are our five. Gold Derby's top five in the international film category is another round, Collective, Quo Vadis Aida. I guess we're going to have to catch up with that That's one. That's the one that I think is going to surprise. Two of Us and La Llorona. They do have La Llorona in the top five. What's six, seven? Six, seven, eight is Dear Comrades, The Night of the Kings, and I'm No Longer Here. So all the what ones on the margins you, are the ones we really you, like. Come on. Yeah. 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 So a lot of good stuff there. And then, yeah, we, we just really need to catch Quo Vadis Aida, I guess. Damn. Neon, hurry up. Yeah, Give us on. that movie. Let's go. But wow, Zach, <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost like 2020 had decent movies yeah it's almost like we shouldn't nominate sonic the hedgehog for best picture <laughs> well i'm not i'm not, not saying that <laughs> but yeah solid list do you want to talk a little bit about the best animated feature category because there were 27 films that did get submitted yep. uh, for this year's animated feature category and per usual it's a you know you get an interesting mix because you have the massive studio movies the Pixar's Soul Pixar's Onward <laughs> mm-hmm. the Willoughby's uh and uh <laughs> <Willoughby's. Broods. laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe not as massive. The Croods no, I like gets in there. But it was just a, that discussion that you and I were having of like, yo, The Willoughby's was a 2020 movie. That feels like so long ago. I feel like Willoughby's came out so when Croods came out. Not two, one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like that movie. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's yeah. inter- interesting list. Yeah, and then there's also, you know, you get a much more eclectic uh, collection of these international anim- animated features. Obviously, the standout for us is Wolfwalkers there, but you also have some stuff like Kill It and Leave This Town mm-hmm. from Poland, or uh, what are some of the other ones that you've seen that are some of the international features? I know number seven, Cherry Lane, is on that list. Yeah, um, some of the ones that I thought were pretty good kill it and leave this town is yeah I, I don't want to say like i was fascinated by it but i found it really intriguing because it's this dude who worked on this documentary or worked on this thing for 14 years animating it and it arose from being raised in poland during a time where it's very industrial and he was always busy working hmm. and he never had the time to say goodbye to his parents so when they passed he made it like his his life's work to get this done a documentary again i keep calling it documentary but again it's an animation but it really is based off of his life in where he he recorded all of the actors voices before he even started animating specifically because those actors were really prolific polish actors and they were 97 and he wasn't going to let them slip by either Hmm. you know again i'm very curious to hear your perspective on this movie it's got this very yeah alina called it like ballpoint pen on a on a college ruled paper type of drawing yeah but it's got this very subconscious look at like while something is happening in a scene like fish will pop up something that that's really like a memory or that's about to happen will interfere in a present scene so it's it's got this very interesting flow to it and the way that he's described releasing this movie he's like i find it fascinating how when i come to america or japan they're like the way you showcase the Communist Party being evil, oh, you just got the horror as well. While when he shows it at home, a lot of Polish people and a lot of other European countries, you know, audiences are looking at it and going like, thank you for showing the beauty within all the chaos. So mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting it just to, to, to see how I feel about it in a second round because there's a lot happening on screen. But I thought that that one, uh, just the production behind it and just the uh, all the energy that he put to it and how personal it was, I think was a standout. There's two that I want to mention that didn't even get nominated. We were seeing that it wasn't yeah, even, not weren't submitted even submissions. Or yeah, Wolf House was one that I would prefer over Kill It and Leave This Available Town. Available on Shudder now. Available on Shudder and holy smokes, that is done by these two artists who next up are working on a series of paintings that they wanted to make to then see if they can make that into a movie. These dudes, it's just dumb. I think with like some assistance that they had here and there, they rented out an art gallery from what they said and constructed this movie that takes place all in a house about a woman who goes Mm -hmm. in there and sees these pigs and turns them into kids, tries to raise them. And the whole movie is done in what feels like stop motion clay right in front of you in real time. Mm -hmm. And it never stops. There is no cut. It just goes from transforming one thing into another, into another. And that is the entire runtime. It's really cool because it does this mixed media thing where it is stop motion, but it's so you see it looks like drawing on the walls. And then all of a sudden the drawing on the walls will become kind of 3D and turn into paper mache. And and the way that it blends these different art styles with 
the stop motion thing. It's very unsettling, but also so captivating. You like can't look away from how they they mold and morph and transform because it, it's also it's not a movie where they cut suddenly to a new screen. Everything transforms into the next thing. And I found that as to be a crazy experience. Yeah. It's also like sometimes you can even see like the smear of the previous drawing. And that's some of the stuff that I love. I love that. You can tell there's like physical labor being done on these pieces of art. Can I tell you what it's about? Very intriguing movie. Surprise. Yeah, me either. I have no idea (laughs) what I watched other than that it was beautiful in a twisted, dark way. Yeah, it's a shame that it didn't get submitted. Yeah, that's crazy to me. But yeah, definitely check that one out. I think it is an experience for sure. Uh, And I'm listening to some of their interviews talking about the significance of what it has to do with their country and the the folklore that's there. But yeah, I would highly recommend that one. Bombay Rose and Number 7 Cherry Lane both had TIFF premieres. I'm very upset because none of these have had releases though Bombay Mm. Rose was supposed to come out on Netflix in December we talked about it on a stream then it disappeared they they're really they were on Twitter talking about how oh no they needed to fix some things to make sure that it was eligible for Oscars I don't know man Mm. like it just it, it should have been out we are now nearing March so it is three months delayed that's very upsetting to see but I I have been curious to watch Bombay Rose and number seven Cherry Lane as well as The Nose or Conspiracy of Mavericks. That is one that is so up my alley. I'm a big fan of The uh, the Triplets of Beville. Mm. This has a very similar kind of aesthetic where you're entering this world where some people are noses. Uh, I don't know if it's like covering the bureaucracy of this world or whatnot, but that sounds right up my alley. No release for it whatsoever but another international one that that i was able to catch was a whisker away uh which is okay i I think lena may have liked this more i feel like a lot more anime fans like this more this one is up on netflix ashan the sheep the farmageddon movie also up on netflix it's a cute movie i I, i'm a big fan of artman in the the movies that they like shawn the sheep it's good it's solid scoop no that's not no um ride your wave is not a bad movie i think it's a really solid movie it's up on hbo I prefer Weathering with you, but I know that that doesn't constitute as a submission for this year. That was a submission from last year. Yeah. Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs. I don't know what that is. I, I, don't, I don't know. What I don't know what that is. My favorite war is up on Vimeo. I rented this one for fourteen bucks, and just like a lot of documentaries that we've been covering, from Waltz to Bashir, Walter Bashir, um, Flee from this year that uses animation. This is a movie that cuts between being a live action retelling of this woman's story. And then uses animation to tell it. I was like, yo, this reminds me of Walter Bashir. This reminds me of Persopolis. First line in their log of press notes. We were inspired by Walter Bashir and Persopolis. So uh, if you were a fan of those two movies, definitely check this one out. It's a harrowing tale about like how they kind of had to flee and the stuff that they went through with the war that happened in their country. Hmm. And like I said, that one is up on Vimeo. Earwig and the Witch? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. This one's on Netflix, isn't it? This one is on HBO, and it is Studio oh, okay. Ghibli's 3D movie. Oh, right. Is this the one from Miyazaki's son? Goro Miyazaki. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Sure. 
Mosley is a movie from Australia. It looks like Australia's got in their own DreamWorks department. Uh, again, you can catch everything from this movie. Their site is full of press notes. It is full of behind-the-scenes visualizations. Every single actor who did a voice like they have a seven-minute featurette. They have clips. They have every- can't find the movie. Uh, but it looks... Like a fun little movie for, uh, that that definitely is built up on the dialogue of these, like, I don't know if they're camels or something that are trying to travel from one place to another. It looks pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um, hoping to see that one get a release. As well as Calamity. Calamity reminds me of Spirit. I don't know if you remember that horse movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Matt Damon. <laughs> it is a travel story, kind of like an Oregon Trail movie where this family is moving from one place to another. I believe it's done in 2D animation. I'm hoping that one gets a release as well because they have some really cool trailers and behind the scenes, but again, no release there. Interesting to note, SpongeBob, the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Water got denied. Sorry, withdrawn. Yeah, withdrawn. They, they submitted it and then took it back. Their reasoning being is that they did not want it to be in the Academy screening room because they weighed out the options of getting prestige nominations and trying to make money with hoping with, with a hopeful, still, theatrical release in America. I don't know how that's going to happen. This bad boy is already out overseas on Netflix for the UK and other spots. Yeah, I don't understand what Nickelodeon is doing, but they said... Having it on the Academy screening room? No, no, no. It's no, we need them to sign Netflix. up for Paramount Plus. Thank you. It's really just a, a massive push for Paramount Plus. I think it's dumb. I personally think Paramount Plus is stupid. I think Vi- I'm not Paramount, not CBS, Viacom, the parent company. I think they are a bunch of morons. I think they are idiots, and this is proof of it. You don't want it to be in the Academy screening room, but you have it hosted up on Netflix internationally. Everyone has a VPN. People have downloaded this movie you don't trust the Academy? <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's a weird, weird decision. Do you have a top five? Uh, I guess so. It's not exactly like that well informed because I haven't seen so many of these movies. Mm-hmm. And it's very basic, unfortunately. But I do have a top five. And I think there's a couple that you're not going to argue with. Soul, obviously. Uh, we lo- we both loved that movie. Wolf Walkers, obviously. We've talked about it a bunch. Excellent movie. I am going to go with Willoughby's. Me too. I was really charmed by it. I, I thought it was movie. really sweet. I like mm-hmm. the movie. I like the behind the scenes to it. I like how they animated it. I like the character designs. I like the story. Um, hell, I believe it should it should get a nomination for the song as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last two I'm totally willing to concede on because it's basically the only other two I've seen, Onward and Farmageddon. No. I am going to go for Croods too. Okay, I'll, I'll go with Croods. And I o- saw Croods. And Over the Moon. Am I saying that they're better? No, I don't care for these final two slots. Zach, I am surprised Morona's Fantastic Stale didn't even get anything. I don't believe that was nominated for last year. Uh, I don't think it was a submission. Doesn't seem mm. to have been a submission this year. You know that I had put this as one of my top movies from the from the yeah. fall festivals. I think it is a I was about to say a fantastic tale. Uh, this would have <laughs> this would have filled one of that spot. This would have been um, in my top three of the animated films. But it's got to be Wolf Walkers. I know we were having the discussion back and forth of like, oh, Wolf Walkers, that's a shoe in. Then we saw Saul. Mm-hmm. I'm going back. I have I have I was oh yeah tied. I never chose one over the other. I said I was scared about <laughs> Soul. All right, all right. It's Wolf Walkers. It has to be Wolf Walkers. The stuff that Soul does, as much as I love it, 
Soul has more problems than Wolfwalkers does. I think even in its story, it takes some lazy routes that I was so charmed by, I ignored. It's very rare I do that, and that's a lot of compliments to what Pixar did there. But Wolfwalkers didn't do any of that. Wolfwalkers has a much better score. I saw you making some jokes. Would you like to elaborate? I mean, I, I still think that the score for Soul is excellent. Just because it resembles the the menu music for a Tetris-like video game doesn't mean that it's a bad score. It just happens to also resemble the video game menu Look, music. There, there is, there, John Baptiste did a part of the score, and his part of the yeah. score is absolutely fantastic. They went all the way down to getting his fingers to, to be able to animate them um, for the character. Mm-hmm. But then, yes... <laughs> I actually Reznor. like the Atticus Ro- uh, Ross and Trent Reznor part. It's, it's, cute. it's just, it just kind of, you know, fair. It has a has a certain feel to it. Wolfwalkers. I, I still think. really like Soul. I like Soul a lot. No, it's got to be Wolfwalkers, man. One of the things that's really, really grinding my gears. We talked about mm. how with Wolfwalkers, he has done uh, Cal's, and I forget what the other one was, and he's lost multiple <laughs> every time he loses to Disney. And I was so rooting for him. Then we saw Soul. Nah, I gotta come back, and I am rooting for Wolfwalkers. I think it's a better story. I think it's got yeah. a better soundtrack, a better score, and I absolutely mm-hmm. love the animation. It is. It's almost not even fair. You you gotta do the inflation when you yeah. see the money that that Pixar has for what they're doing over here with Soul. Right. And again, I am not hating on. Soul. You're giving me. You're giving me the. Um, oh shoot! What's the movie? Shoot! Um, what's the Catherine Bigelow war movie? Hurt Locker. You're giving me the Hurt Locker over Avatar argument right now. Ah. And I just want you to know that that's what you're doing. No, because I like Avatar more than Hurt Locker. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, look, look. I, as a fan of the underdog, I can agree that this would be better for Cartoon Saloon and I will be happier for Cartoon Saloon. But when Soul wins this award, I will be happy because that's my favorite animated ah, movie of look. 2020. I don't believe that the director of Wolfwalker was married to the director of Soul and then had a divorce. But what I do know is that Soul is trying really hard to convince you that they recreated 2D animation. And I am not having that, Zach. Okay? This thing with the the Terrys and the Jerrys, I love it. It's very interesting. They're, I know that they're pulling out a featurette that they're sending to the entire Canada to be like, look what we did. You know what they do. You know how they do campaigns. And I am not a fan of that. It is Wolfwalker's... Animation, really, that's the one where you and I are going to be tuned in the most, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to be uh, at each other's throats, throats a little bit for that. It's Wolfwalkers. That's my final say. All right, so let us know in the comments below why you think Solo was the best animated film of 2020 uh, or whatever you think should be nominated in the animated feature category, what movies maybe we need to catch up with. But there's a lot of stuff to keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to March 15th and the unveiling mm-hmm. of the Academy Awards. We might have to be doing a live Oscars reaction too. I hope oh, yeah. you're ready for that. Hope you're you're recovered and all ready for that by March yep. 15th too. Uh, but I think that's about all for this week's podcast. We've talked about a lot here. That's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterbox at Zshevich. That's Z S H E V V as in Quo Vadis I C H and. Uh, Art, where can we find more from you? You can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, and of course over on Letterboxd where we've been logging a bunch of stuff as well every Monday on the streams. But you can catch me every week here on the Intrica Podcast. 
You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then don't just listen to the audio, but subscribe to the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday. Please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. That really helps the podcast. Like in our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page, all of them are at Intercut Pod to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, remember, don't keep the steering wheel too straight. Lots of tiny mo- movements left to right. It's Barbin Star. Bro, I was like, you didn't see a sun. <laughs> He's a driving instructor <laughs> in a sun. <laughs>